1: Release prophetic words and examine scripture, which will cause your faith in Jesus Christ to grow.
0: Thanks again for joining our conversation.
1: Welcome to the Faith Works Podcast.
0: Welcome back to our podcast. We want to talk about another practice or habit we believe that Christians should use in order to build themselves up and in order to have success. There are two different ways, according to the Bible, that you build your faith. One is hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. And I like to say it that way, hearing and hearing and hearing. And hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God over and over again, which I believe includes hearing the active word of God. The Bible said that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So, by active word, I mean the active word which is alive in people's lives. In other words, testimonies of what God is doing and what God has done in their lives. And then the second way is to be praying in the spirit. We're going to examine tonight what it looks like to pray... In the spirit.
1: Right. In the book of Jude, verse 20, it says, Build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. What does that look like to pray in the Holy Spirit? What does that mean exactly, praying in the Holy
0: Spirit? Well, can... we're going to talk about that over the next little bit and, and get an understanding of what it means to pray in the Spirit. There are those who think that you can pray in the Spirit just in your known language. But then the Bible also talks about praying in the Spirit in an unknown tongue. So we're going to examine the scriptures a little bit tonight. And I know for some people it's kind of an uncomfortable thing. For Pentecostals and Charismatics, they're very comfortable with it. But others struggle with whether we should have tongues in the church. Is that for today? Has that passed away? Or is that something that we need to continue practicing today?
1: Right. It's actually a very controversial subject because of what you just said. Because many teach and believe, are taught. is something that has ceased. But we believe for. That is something that is still practiced.
0: So is that something that has ceased or is that something that we need to continue to practice today?
1: I believe if we look at The scripture I just read out of Jude—that is something we need to continue practicing today. Because according to Jude, this is one way we build ourselves up by praying in the Holy Spirit. And while I know that others or some would argue that that may look differently than just praying in tongues, I agree that does look differently than that. We're going to examine that, but I believe that that also includes praying in tongues.
0: So, not to be redundant, but at the same time, I think it's very important that we reiterate this a little bit. And well, how important is it that? we actually build ourselves up in the area of our faith.
1: I think it's critical. I think a strong Christian knows the importance of keeping his spiritual battery charged. Staying plugged in to the Spirit and to the power of the Spirit keeps our spiritual battery charged. And
0: I think you have to have the proper source, too, because as you mentioned, being plugged into the Holy Spirit is very important. You can plug into the wrong source and think that you're getting your batteries charged. Sometimes we have had occasions when we bought different types of chargers for our phones. And those chargers didn't actually charge our phones. As a matter of fact, our phones sent us a message that said that this is not going to charge your phone. It is the wrong type of plug-in. So what we plug into is critical. And a strong Christian knows the importance of keeping himself charged. Well, Give me your take on what the Bible means when it says to pray in the Holy Spirit.
1: I think that the Bible means that you're being led of the Spirit in your prayer. And I think that can look like several different different things. And I know we're going to be talking mainly about speaking in tongues, but we're going to be covering other areas. So that may mean that you're led to pray for a certain person. Maybe you're you're praying and all of a sudden as you're praying somebody's name pops in your head and, and you're just praying and all of a sudden the name John and and John is your uncle and suddenly you just feel an overwhelming urge to pray for Uncle John. You don't know why. You have no idea what Uncle John's going through, but you just have an overwhelming urge that you need to pray for Uncle John and you need to pray for him right now. So you begin to fervently pray for Uncle John. That is spirit-led. Praying as the Spirit leads you, and this can happen and go on and on for different situations, um, as the Spirit leads. And we've heard testimony after testimony of people being led in the Spirit to pray for missionaries overseas who were, you know, starving, who were on the verge of being killed. Who were? We've had instances in our lives where we've been woken from sleep in the middle of the night to pray for our children who were in dangerous situations at the very hour that we woke up and began to pray for. Them them because we were led of the Spirit to pray, and their life was spared. They were in some very serious situations. I mean, different testimonies that we've had shared at different warriors conferences that we've done from moms who testified again and again of the Holy Spirit praying through them, and, and they're being Spirit-led prayer to pray for situations and people. So that is one way the Holy Spirit leads us to pray. And the Bible says that, that we don't know how to pray. I've gone through situations and circumstances, Yana, that you have as well, and I'm sure that many listening to this podcast have gone through things that have been so hard that you're at a loss for words.
0: So there's a term that we use when we're involved in inner healing. We call it theophostic praying. And what that means is that God is shining his light on a particular area, enlightening and making you aware of that. Is that also possibly... A way that we are are being led by the Spirit.
1: Absolutely, anything that that God shines His light on, the, the Holy Spirit is sent to us to be a comforter, to be a teacher, to shine the light toward Christ, toward God, to bring revelation. So, any way that He does that in our prayer is definitely Holy Spirit led prayer, and and He can do that in many many ways. And and you know, there's been so many times that we've experienced. I know you have because you've shared with me, and I have, and I'm sure listeners have that you. Know, kneel down and you don't have a clue what to pray. You're at a loss. Don't feel alone. I mean, you shouldn't feel alone and feel like, you know, you're a terrible Christian. We all have those moments. And even the Bible tells us that we don't know how to pray like we should, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession through us. And thank God that He does because He prays perfectly. So praying in the Spirit can look like many, many different things, but I think that it also encompasses praying in tongues or other tongues. I think that's where praying in other tongues comes in as well. Praying in the
0: Spirit. So the scripture that you keep referencing is found in Romans 8 and 26. Let me just read that for us. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray or how to pray as we should or as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Many people think that the interpretation of that is tongues, so when you say that, you know, tongues is important, that is where we really see the scripture kind of pointing in that direction.
1: Right. And and it can be with the groanings or utterings, or it can be an unknown language, something that we just don't understand at all.
0: You know, God's not limited. We are, but God is not limited. So he has the ability to inspire our minds to pray either in the spirit through tongues or in the spirit through a known language. It could be Spanish, could be Chinese, whatever your language is. We're dealing primarily with the English language, and so we we understand our understanding is in English. The Bible does say that there is an unknown tongue. What do you think the purpose of speaking in tongues is, if that is the case? And, and since it's so controversial, why is it important that we continue to believe God? and let our faith be active in this area. And I think the answer to that is found in 1 Corinthians 14.22. You want to share that with us? Therefore,
1: tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers.
0: So you're saying that we should actually have tongues in a service so that people who do not know the Lord can actually come to know him because of this phenomenon.
1: Well, we should if we're going to go according to the scripture here in 1 Corinthians 14 22, which says that it will be assigned to the unbeliever.
0: So how important is it for you as a believer to pray yourself in tongues or to speak in tongues on a routine basis? Well, the scripture says that when we pray in the spirit, you edify yourself. In other words, you build up yourself, which means to improve or to uplift. So if we're going to improve ourselves, we need to be able to pray in the spirit, pray in tongues, and have that move us forward and edify ourselves so that we're built up. And the best way to help anybody is when you you have to help yourself, and then you're able to help others as a result of that. So that's what you have to do. You have to edify yourself, build yourself up, and then you're able to help others
1: a great example of that we just we just flew in and when you're on the plane when they're giving the safety instructions out and i know many of us have flown so much we kind of ignore what they say but one of the key things they say when they're talking to you about the oxygen mask how they're going to fall from the ceiling but they always tell you to put your own mask on first and then help the person next to you, a child or an elderly person. This applies to life. When we pray in the spirit, it edifies or builds us up so that we are then able to help other people. I have a good friend, Johnny Winnington. She traveled with us a long time and helped preach the Women Warriors Conferences. And she said there was a period in her life where She had the practice of praying in tongues an hour every day, every morning during her devotions after she spent time reading the Word and praying that she spent an hour just praying in tongues. And she said her faith was soaring, that she just felt so spiritually strong. She said it was one of the the strongest points and her Christian lot was when she was doing that.
0: You know, many would say that that's okay because it was private, but we need to examine a little bit because it is a controversial issue for many, and some people may gain understanding from this. What are the occasions when tongues are appropriate during a service. One of those, of course, is the first evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Tongues accompany that, and we find that in the book of Acts chapter 2. And so we're going to examine the scriptures together. We're going to look at four areas when tongues are appropriate in the service. We've already heard that it is appropriate in the sense of it is a sign for the unbeliever. So we're going to get into and look at four different occasions when tongues are acceptable and proper in a service. The first one, of course, is in Acts chapter 2. It starts in verse 1. Do you want to read that for us?
1: When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance.
0: I think the most important phrase maybe in this statement was that it happened as the Spirit gave them utterance. And for years in our church, we've talked about the importance of it being the Spirit and not just a person trying to just lift themselves up in the eyes of people by speaking in some language that they're not familiar with. And so we're very cautious about that. Several times in the Bible, when the infilling of the Holy Spirit took place, you'll find out that there was always the accompaniment of tongues at that point in time. So that is the number one time when we see tongues as being very appropriate it's an outward sign of an inward work that goes on this is the way we always said that to be baptized in the spirit means that jesus has baptized you in the spirit now the holy spirit comes into you at salvation but the baptism is a second experience or another work of grace it empowers us to do the work of ministry in some ways.
1: I want to make a point here that many people say yes, they did speak in unknown languages but they were known languages at the time. They were just unknown languages to the person speaking the language and that is true. They were known languages unknown to the person speaking them but it was still a phenomenon nonetheless and they did not have the ability to speak that language and that does not take away the fact that there are still unknown languages that the Holy Spirit speaks through us and through believers today.
0: One of the reasons for that was the timing. They didn't have the internet back then. They didn't have really, they didn't even have the Bible at that point in time. It was being historically recorded, of course, but they didn't even have the Bible to reference. And they didn't have newspapers as such as we do today, and communication was limited. So on a major feast day when all these nations were represented, that's when in an upper room where it could be seen the Holy Spirit fell and then if you notice they spilled out into the street and when they did they spoke in the language of the people glorifying God and giving him praise and glory and perhaps that is why it's it's talking about the tongues that were known during that day however the Bible does speak of unknown tongues and we're going to get into that a little bit more as we go along so I just wanted to point that out to you. Also there's a second time when the Bible speaks of when it's appropriate and it says I will pray in the spirit and I will pray with understanding also. Of course that's located in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 15. So Paul was writing that to the church at Corinth. He was expanding on different things that need to happen and he is the one who kind of set order in the church because of the Corinthian church having a lot of things going on and he was just trying to bring some order to the service at that point in time.
1: But here he was talking about the the powerful part of, of praying in tongues and by his own words here, his own testimony, he says, I will pray with the spirit and he says, I will also pray with understanding. So it's perfectly acceptable, not just acceptable, but advised that we when we pray pray with the
0: spirit. One of the, the reasons that it's so important that we pray in the spirit and pray in tongues, it is a powerful point of prayer when you 're praying in other tongues, which allows you to pray above what you normally would know, which is above uh nature and and also there's another concept, and that is that the enemy can't identify exactly what you're praying for, and it kind of reminds me of uh, of something we did in World War two when we were going up against the japanese fleet and most of the japanese officers had been trained in america so they knew our language and so what we did the the movie wind talkers deals with the time frame in world war 2 and it talks about when they used the Navajo language to communicate during that war so that the enemy could not understand what they were talking about. And so a Navajo code talker uh, was actually the new secret weapon. And so this is like a secret weapon that we have. It allows us to really communicate with God without interruption and without the enemy understanding what's going on or what's being said or what what is happening there. So that's another time when we see that it's very important that we be able to pray in the spirit.
1: So let me see if I can understand just what you're saying there. So like during World War II, because the Japanese were hearing our codes and deciphering them because they knew our language, we chose a language they didn't know, Navajo, and that became the secret language, the secret code which they couldn't decode. Tongues is our secret code language from us to God that the enemy, our enemy, Satan, cannot understand, is what you're saying.
0: Right. Exactly what I'm saying.
1: Which I think is awesome.
0: It's really a powerful, powerful way of a, of us communicating with God. Now, the continuation of that verse is point number three. You want to read that to us?
1: I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with understanding also.
0: So whenever we're worshiping, It's appropriate for us to also worship by speaking or what people might say, speaking in tongues. But there's something deeper than that, and that's uh, sometimes you see or or we have experienced different times where people sing in the Spirit or sing in tongues, which is a very beautiful thing. Yes, it is. Uh, And if you haven't ever seen that, uh, some people call it prophetic singing, Mm -hmm. and we see people that have sang who normally are challenged to carry a tune so to speak and then all of a sudden the spirit will move on them and not only will they sing in tongues they'll actually sing a melody that is quite profound and and lovely so when people are worshiping they use tongues to worship during the period of the bible and it's still going on today the fourth way that we see in an appropriate time is what we call a message in tongues and interpretation. I want us to elaborate on this for a little bit and of course we're gonna to go to First Corinthians chapter fourteen again and read some of that. Sister Lisa, you want to take that?
1: Picking up um, in verse 26, How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation? Let all things be done for edification.
0: So this is talking about a time when everybody felt like they had a word. Everybody felt like they had a testimony. Everybody felt like they had a tongue. Paul was saying, you know, that's all well and good, but... But let's limit what goes on because in services at that point in time if everybody spoke at one time you could see why chaos would break out and so this was uh, if anything some people have made kind of a joke of this that this was a form of carnality so we may need to return to some levels of carnality of course I'm being facetious right. but we need to be more spiritual now than ever and we need the power of the Holy Spirit we need all the gifts of the Spirit to be operating in our lives. The scripture goes on to say, and this is the order, if anyone, and this is where people really get into kind of arguments. If you're going to speak a a message in tongues, there must be an interpretation. That is correct. I'm not trying to sidestep that, but it's strictly... On the message in tongues and the interpretation. If anyone speaks in a a tongue, verse 27, let it be by two or three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and God. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. So there is oratorial commands here, and there's an order, but there is an oratorial command for us to speak these things and then let others judge. They cannot judge if it's not spoken out loud, and I I think that's the biggest point that a lot of times we miss.
1: I think what's happened is because of abuses and fear, and different things, we the pendulum has swung where it, maybe it was chaos and pandemonium and and just you know craziness or whatever that people said oh we can't have it and so we clamped down so tightly that I hear of churches that they never hear a message in tongues or interpretation at all anymore. So the enemy knew what he was doing with you know creating a little bit of a disturbance and a little bit of wildfire. Our pastors said this: I'd rather have wildfire than no fire because now there there is such a restriction on the move of the Spirit. Um, that that the spirit is hindered from moving I guess would be another good word to use or or maybe not that may offend someone I'm not trying to do that but we want the spirit to have freedom to move yet we do want to have decency and order so when people come into a church I've had people say to us at our church even because we have used this term so and I'm trying to say this so that if you go into a Pentecostal or charismatic church and you're there and they say they're having worship service and the spirit of God is moving and you can feel the spirit moving Maybe they may say, lift up your voices right now, everyone, lift up your voices. And if if you speak in tongues, lift up, you know, lift your voices in tongues. Or if you pray in tongues right now, just feel free to begin to pray in tongues and call out to God. And maybe you feel like that's inappropriate or you've been taught that's inappropriate because there's not an interpretation. Well, that's not really going against the scripture because they're not giving a prophetic message. There's an interpreter to be present when the tongue's, are releasing a prophetic message. You that
0: can definitely tell a difference. You can. Too. in a service when people are worshiping, and maybe they're they're corporately worshiping in tongues if they or do praying. that, or praying and they're corporately praying in tongues. There is quite a profound difference. Then when a message goes out, the, the intensity of it, the uh, level of respect that comes into the room, I don't know how to tell you uh, unless you've experienced it, there is a hush that comes over usually the rest of the room as one person very powerfully begins to proclaim something in tongues. And then... We've always seen it where we had interpretations following those types of events. So this is quite different than just somebody... Uh, praying in tongues I'll, although I do believe that there should be some order to service so so please don't mis, misconstrue what we're telling you I just really believe that we also need to include all the gifts of the spirit including praying in tongues including worshiping in tongues and of course the message in tongues and the interpretation
1: and keeping in mind that the message in tongues, and the interpretation is being released to the body. The praying in tongues and the worship is being released to God. So there does not need to be an interpretation for the prayer and the worship, which is going forward to God. He understands it. But the message that's being released to the body needs to be interpreted because if it's in an unknown language, or another language because sometimes those messages come forward actually in another language and sometimes there will be someone there that actually speaks that other language and, and they'll come forward later and say hey that was my language and we've been in services like that but that's the difference and we're just trying to help you to understand so that maybe if there's been confusion for you before about tongues and maybe you've been wanting to seek the gift of being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues but you've been afraid because there's been confusion and you've not pressed into that gift we wanted to hopefully clear up a little confusion for you so you can press into that because the scripture tells us that will increase and build up your faith when you pray in the holy spirit when you pray in tongues
0: there is one more area and you made me think of it while when you were talking just now and that is we've had both missionaries and, and one of the brothers in our church was named Dale Brandon, uh, who stood up one night in the middle of a service at a camp meeting and spoke for almost 20 minutes. And there was no interpretation of that message. With the exception, there was some, uh, a family of Mexican origin on the back row. And they came and gave their heart to the Lord because they said that man told us the gospel in our tongue. And he couldn't have known him. If you ever met Brother Dale, you would know he didn't know Spanish. And he and he had preached a message and introduced the people to Jesus, and they got saved. We also had missionaries that were going in uh, to some places, remote places in, in Africa, and they needed an interpreter. And the guide that was with them and the interpreter got scared when he got close to the village. And so the man faded away and, and, and just watched from a distance. But the missionary kept on, and he walked into the village and began to speak in a, in a language that he could not have possibly known. And he spoke the, uh, the gospel message to the village. And the interpreter finally said, you must believe. He came out and he said, you must believe in this God that he's telling you about because this man spoke to you in your father's language which he has not learned. And so that goes back to uh, the tongues being a sign to unbelievers.
1: There have been times when I've been in my prayer closet and I've been interceding for a nation that maybe we're about to go to on the mission field or we have friends there or something's going on. And as I'm praying in tongues for that country, my tongues will suddenly change from what is customary or what they normally sound like to sounding like They're part of that nation. They sound like that language, and it can shift suddenly and then go back to what they normally sound like, which I know is is a miracle. It's a gift. It's part of the gifts of the spirit, speaking in tongues. But it's something we definitely need to practice, and it is definitely a faith builder. So we want to encourage you to press into that gift and seek the Holy Spirit and seek being baptized in the Spirit. And if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we want to encourage you to. Spend time praying in the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues.
0: I, I do want to read 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty three. says, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace and love and joy and of a sound mind. So you need to know that, that it's okay to speak in tongues and it is appropriate. And there are times for it, and there's times not to as well. But the reason you want to be in the spiritual realm is because it opens doors to revelation Wisdom, instruction, and encouragement. So, we want to encourage you this week to spend time with the Lord and to spend time encouraging yourself, building yourself up by praying in tongues. And if you don't have the gift of tongues yet, I want you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give it to you. It's just really simple. And get with a believer who knows something about it. And if you don't know, be sure and come to our church, and we'll be glad to help you and spend time with you until you're comfortable. God bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Faith Works Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to visit us at KenAndLisaHenderson.com for books, blogs, movies, and spiritual growth.
1: You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Lisa Henderson and that's Lisa L-E-S-A and at Ken Henderson. See you next week.